live on the telephone with R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Good morning, R.W. Good morning, Allison. I shall miss April, T.S. Eliot's cruelest month, the one breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. In fact, every year I'm sad to see April end. April is like the final planning stages of a great project, those last minutes of review, of checking and double-checking before launching into the actual implacable doing of whatever so much forethought has been devoted to. During April, we are still hyper-appreciative of every new green blade of grass, every new bud and sprig, the fresh colors in remarkable contrast to the yet much somnambulant landscape. We lose that sensitivity in May, and by June we are jaded, taking for granted the lush, verdant environment, alive with everything imaginable. April hosts awakenings, realizations that life is indeed fantastic, virtually limitless. This month is my favorite of the spring college semester. At this point, my students in business and technical writing have made lists of every job, volunteer or paid position, they ever have had. Then we do round robins in class, going around the room, the students discussing what they considered to be the best jobs and the worst jobs they have had. Their grid consists of basic determinants such as task, working conditions, management, fellow employees, customers, and compensation. As they sift through their job history, they realize that any one determinant can make for a worst or a best job. Invariably, in any given class of at least 20 students, the worst job for one student will be the best job for another student. Every now and then, a student will find her worst job was also her best job. A couple of weeks ago, CareerCast.com published its list of the 10 best jobs, which included the following. In number one position was software engineer, followed by actuary, human resources manager, dental hygienist, financial planner, audiologist, occupational therapist, online advertising manager, computer systems analyst, and mathematician. The job titles are telling. As a society, we Americans are obviously preoccupied with software applications for our electronic gear and keeping up with our insurance policies, the first two hottest jobs, as CareerCast.com calls them. Our next two priorities, apparently, are what we're going to do next to make a living, the province of the human resources manager, and how well our teeth are doing, the task of the dental hygienist. Again, these notions are those of careercast.com. How accurately they are interpreting the American pulse may well be open to conjecture. Most of my students believe enough in the learning process to apply themselves somewhat seriously to the business of education although this is accompanied by an unavoidable ambivalence. They know that human tastes over the long run are fickle, that today's wants and desires might easily be replaced by different wants and desires tomorrow, with yet other alternatives the day after. And they realize that they must temper such perpetual uncertainty with the constancy of knowing who they are as individuals, which is why they are asked to take stock of their efforts to review those endeavors that felt most comfortably sustaining to them, that became their defining experiences. So much life begins to reemerge in April that we are compelled to consider how to go about dealing with it. Yes, 
miss April, but May will have its moments, among them this weekend's full moon. May's full moon is known appropriately as the flower moon, the planting moon, and the milk moon, and will be at perigee, or closest to Earth, just one minute before being technically full. That sort of arrangement, of course, makes for extreme tides, but it will also make for a supermoon that will look bigger than usual when it rises about half past 11 Saturday night. So goodbye, April, and hello, May. From Orono, Maine, have a great day.